It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go on a Wednesday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass as we get set to talk horse hockey for the next hour and get you set for what is going to be a busy road trip for the Henderson Silver Knights as they return to game action and head out to the Central Division, taking on the Rockford Ice Hogs Friday and Saturday before moving back out west for a pair against the Tucson Roadrunners. Hello, friends. Great to have you with us, uh, and appreciate you for uh, adjusting your schedules along with ours as we moved HSK today up a day from our usual Thursday slot to now. Uh, just because with the travel tomorrow, it was going to be a challenge to get the show uh, done and to give you the best show possible, which we owe you, and we're going to make sure we do it every chance we get. So we are, uh, and lots to uh, lots to discuss. Uh, we're going to have a couple of guests today. Sergeant Ryan McDonald is going to join us a little bit later on in this segment. Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps and the Toys for Tots program, uh, as the Toys for Tots uh, in Vegas will be partnering with the Silver Knights for the Lucky Launch, which was announced earlier this week. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, more in detail. And later on the program, we're going to have Dave Fisher, the Senior Director of Communications for USA Hockey, who's kind enough to make room for us in what is a uh, an extraordinarily busy week, busy day for him, uh, as the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame will be inducting seven new members tomorrow, and uh, those festivities in Denver getting underway today. Uh, so he's going to be nice enough to come on, talk to us a little bit about the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and the inductees. And for those of you who are unaware, seven names are going in. That's a very large class, and it's because it's the combination of two classes. Uh, last year with COVID, they weren't able to have the proper ceremonies, so they're doing last year's and this year's classes together. The 2020 class, Dean Blaze and Jerry York, two legendary college coaches. Jerry York, best known for his days with Boston College, which uh, he retired from after last season. Uh, and then Dean Blaze, who spent uh, considerable time with the University of North Dakota and the University of Nebraska Omaha, as well as uh, substantial contributions to Team USA, uh, especially in the World Junior Championships. Tony Granato, a, uh, a great NHL career and a uh, great international career, and then since uh, then has been the uh, well, a head coach in the National Hockey League, but most recently and currently the head coach at the University of Wisconsin. He goes in, as well as women's Olympic legend Jenny Potter. From this year's class, uh, Paul Holmgren, who is one of the most... Uh, one of the most substantial contributors uh, in Philadelphia Flyers history, currently serving as a senior advisor with the Flyers still after having played for them, coached for them, general manager for them, uh, president for them. He's done everything in Philly, uh, and he will be enshrined tomorrow. Peter McNabb, uh, American uh I was just say one of the best American goal uh, point producers in NHL history, uh, 19th all-time among American-born NHLers in scoring, and then he turned over to broadcasting with the New Jersey Devils and now still with the Colorado Avalanche. He goes in, and then Stan Fischler, hockey historian who has been covering the NHL for now, now in his eighth decade of covering the National Hockey League, he goes in as well. So a packed class, uh, lots to talk about with USA Hockey in general and uh, and the members uh, being enshrined. So Dave Fisher will join us to discuss that. Uh, appreciate the time he's giving us 
uh, to discuss a very, very big week for USA Hockey. So all of that and more, but we'll turn our attention to uh, what's going on on the home front. And for the Silver Knights, uh, they made an announcement yesterday, an announcement that was expected, we knew this was coming, uh, that Manny Viveros is taking a leave of absence, a medical leave of absence, uh, to undergo the next phase of his cancer treatment. Of course, uh, Manny Viveros with a leave of absence to start the season when he was getting himself, uh, when he first got his diagnosis, it was processing what that meant and what the treatment plan was going to be. He returned to the team late in October and said at that time that, okay, around December, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to take another leave of absence for the actual treatment, the actual execution, the actual uh, procedure of his treatment plan. Uh, and we, that time is upon us. So Manny Viveros stepping aside for a bit uh, should be uh, probably in that three- to four-week range for the, the procedure and, and recovery time, and they're hoping that in about, about uh, three to four weeks he should be back uh, able to, to participate again in some fashion. So in the meantime, assistant coach Jamie Heward uh, will take the lead, but it will be a, a committee uh, leadership process for the Silver Knights with Jamie Heward, Joel Ward, uh, Andrew Doty is the video coach, and Fred Brathway, the goaltending coach, and, of course, general manager Tim Speltz, uh, the five of them working together just as they did uh, at the start of the season to get the uh, the Silver Knights out of the starting block. So that will be the arrangement again. Uh, and earlier today, asked uh, Jamie Heward how that process is going to be and, and how for him and the coaching staff, not just uh, undertaking this, but the experience having done so already this season, does that make them feel any better prepared for it? Here's what Jamie Heward had to say. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of circumstances that uh, unfortunate circumstances that went into the the, f- the first time Manny had to take a leave, and um, you know we were all kind of shocked and and kind of in disbelief that it was was happening, and it just happened so fast that uh, you know there was a little bit of chaos at times, and it just kind of kind of came up on us pretty quick, and we just had to kind of battle through it. Um, you know, this time we're going into it uh, with, you know, a little more confidence, knowing that that uh, you know Manny has gotten some good news, and and that this thing is, uh, you know, once the surgery is goes forward, that uh, you know there's opportunity to beat it, and and so you're going into it with a totally different perspective on, you know, his his outlook and when he's coming back and his return date, which gives us all an opportunity to you know, see a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, obviously being through it before we, you know, we're, we're excited for the challenge again. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and try and get through it, uh, the same way we did before, but just with a little more confidence. And that was assistant coach, Jamie Heward. And again, you can hear, I think there's two, two interesting things in, in how he lays that out. First of all, it's going to be a challenge. Of course, you're, you're missing the head coach from the staff. That's, uh, it's a necessary move right now, but it requires uh, everyone to to, uh, to step up. But in that sense, this time around, as opposed to the first time that the staff uh, met this challenge the first couple of weeks of the season, this isn't a, a surprise like the first time, as it was a surprise for everyone, Manny Viveros included. This is something that they've had a chance to really plan for and, and pr- prepare themselves for. They've had the foresight going into this circumstance. They knew this was coming. Um, you know, but, but on top of that, there's so much more optimism and, and it's such a better mental headspace for, for the entire team, whereas the first time going through the leave of absence for Manny Viveros was a lot of questions and a lot of 
uh, uncertainty and, and concern. And this time around, of course, there's still concern as maybe Rose is going, you know, undergoing, uh, you know, medical procedures for for something very serious. But they've had the conversations with doctors. Maybe Rose, as we've said on this show, has gotten some some good news from his doctors as they prepared for this step. Uh, and that makes it, without question, easier for everyone during this period that not only is, is Manny getting the uh, the treatment that he needs, um, but also going through with a much better idea of what that plan is going to be, what that picture is going to be going forward, uh, as opposed to the questions uh, previous. So uh, good news for the Silver Knights is May Viveros will tend to what he has to tend to for the next few weeks, and the Silver Knights will get ready to go to work against the Rockford Icehogs this weekend in Illinois. Now, we will turn our attention to uh, the announcement that the Silver Knights made on Monday, which is that the first lucky launch is going to be held on December the 19th. Now, for those of you who are minor league uh, hockey aficionados, you are plenty familiar, I'm sure, with the teddy bear toss that many teams do around the league, uh, where fans, after the first goal is scored, will throw teddy bears onto the ice. Those toys are collected. Uh, this is the Silver Knights version. This is the exact same concept of uh, the lucky launch. Uh, and the Silver Knights will be partnering with uh, Toys for Tots in the Vegas area. And that is led by Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps, who is kind enough to join us now. Sergeant McDonald, thank you for taking the time. It's great to have you on. Well, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. How are you doing today? Yo, I'm doing great, and I'm really excited for this event, and I know our fans are too as they look ahead to December 19th when the Abbotsford Canucks will be in town. Uh, f- first off, I-, I wonder, when I knew- learned that the Silver Knights are going to partner with uh, Toys for Tots, and I've-, I've worked in other cities with Toys for Tots before, there's the connection with the Marine Corps. But for the fans who don't know, when they think of cuddly teddy bears, they might not think of the United States Marines. So why is the... Uh, <laughs> What is the connection for the Marine Corps historically of getting involved in Toys for Tots, and uh, you know why is that an area of philanthropy working with kids uh, that is so uh, so so open for the Marine Corps that's it's been such a good fit for you guys throughout the years? So it started in 1947 by a guy named Major Hendricks. Uh, he was a Marine Corps officer in the reserves uh, program for the Marines, and his wife made homemade dolls. And she was trying to find a foundation or organization to donate these to, and she couldn't find anything. So she told him, hey, do something about this. <laughs> and that first year, uh, he went to his reserve unit, and they collected around 5,000 toys and distributed them to um, less fortunate children within the Los Angeles area. And then Major Hendricks actually knew Walt Disney personally, and Walt Disney designed the iconic Toys for Tots train logo that we still see today. And that, if anyone knows anything about the history of Walt Disney, he he loved trains. That, so that makes so much sense. I didn't know that was the design, but it, it makes total sense that Walt Disney would be behind the uh, the design. Now, now the Marine Corps last year, if my numbers are correct, last year I, I think it was about 7 million children uh, in 800 communities throughout the country who benefited from the, the Toys for Tots program. Um, first of all, that's a huge footprint for the organization, but I would also think for the Marine Corps, you know, in a, in a military town like Vegas, it's got to be great to be able to make a, an impact in this town. Yeah, it was a huge impact for the, the 2020 campaign for the foundation. Uh, it actually broke previous records. So during the pandemic, it was super cool to see everyone kind of come together and give to not just our for what was going on. And, um, the local impact here in Las Vegas, uh, we had 50, 
57,000 toys for around 37,000 children just here in Las Vegas. That's unbelievable. We're with Sar uh, Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps in the Toys for Tots program. Uh, have you ever been involved in something like, uh, a, again, for us it's the lucky launch, but a teddy bear toss? They're, they're common around the country, and especially in hockey, and, and Toys for Tots is a partner for many of those, of those chapters. Have you guys had a, an event so similar to this? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I've been the coordinator for the past two years, my third year running the program. Okay. And uh, we've never we've never done any type of teddy bear toss or anything. So this this is the first for us. And so for that reason, I imagine it's it's beneficial for the program just because it's for all the toys you collect and all the children that you help. This is a one stop shop to to make a really big dent in your collection for for this time of year. I would imagine. Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, what other initiatives do you guys undertake in the, in the Vegas area? You know, of course, we're looking forward to the lucky launch, but you guys are busy throughout the community. What other uh, projects have you guys had uh, that you've worked on? Can you say it one more time? Sorry, uh, Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps. We're looking forward to the lucky launch, but of course, especially at Christmas time, this is a busy time of year for, for the Toys for Tots program. What other initiatives have you guys been uh, doing this time of year? Uh, so we partnered up with the Glittering Lights. Uh, down at the Speedway. We did a couple of events with them, and then tonight we'll be at the Enchanted Christmas at the Las Vegas Ballpark. Um, so we try to get our foot, uh, get out there as much as we can um, and just compete with, with other local toy drives, but also just give back to the, the children in need. And for fans, again, you're going to just to drive home the, the concept for the Lucky Launch on December 19th. You will bring teddy bears to the game with you. You can bring as many as you want. You don't have to bring not one per person. We're looking to you know, uh, generate as many donations as we possibly can. So you bring teddy bears with you. When the first goal is scored, we'll throw those bears onto the ice, and then they will be collected for Toys for Tots. Uh, Sergeant McDonald, I wonder, for all the kids that you guys help, are there any toys that are particularly popular? Do the kids light up for teddy bears more or t uh, toy cars? What's, uh, what's the most popular item? I mean, the most popular item are bikes. Everyone loves bikes. Everyone wants bikes. Um, you know, we, we, we try to get our best to get them, but teddy bears are, are, are a second close. Um, everyone loves a teddy bear. Uh, almost every nonprofit that we give to, we used to give them like four or five boxes of, of stuffed animals. That's right. Now, we're not going to let people throw bikes onto the ice. That would be, uh, that's a safety hazard, but it's good to know that. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to know Toys for Tots is looking for them, though, because, of course, we have our event, but you can always donate uh, to Toys for Tots year-round uh, in any capacity that you, that you want. How, how, is it fun for you guys, uh, Sergeant McDonald, to, to work with sports teams? Because it brings a different kind of element, I imagine. There's, there's not only the, the donation part, which is important, but it's also tied in with a show, a performance element that's, that's fun for fans, too. Yeah, not only is it, is it just a show and with the sports team, but every it brings the whole community together um, with the sports, and then the sports community who love like the Silver Knights, the Golden Knights, the, the Raiders, whoever your, your team is. Anytime that team holds a charity event, the whole community, the whole Las Vegas community gets together and really contributes and make a big makes a big impact. Now, Sergeant McDonald, we're with Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps. He is the director of the Toys for Tots program. If fans want to make donations in addition to the event on the 19th, the Lucky Launch, but if they just want to donate in general, where can they go for information on that? So if you go to LasVegasToysForTots.org, uh, you'll see an Amazon wish list. We're doing virtual donations going all the way till December 13th. And then you can also go on Ways to Donate and donate a toy and see all 330 drop-off locations across the valley.
That's tremendous. And uh, you know, on the flip side of the equation for people in our audience, if there are those who want to partner with uh, Toys for Tots, maybe they fall into that category of, of being less fortunate at this time of year. Is there is there an outreach uh, contact for them as well? Uh, just give me an email at lasvegas.nv at toysfortots.org, and we'll, we'll try our best to accommodate you. But this year we have uh, 230 nonprofit agencies that we're providing toys to. Very good. That's that's tremendous. Again, a great impact this time of year. And and Sergeant McDonald, it's it's great to to give charitably all year round. But there, there's something special about Christmas season too. And and again, making uh, get, making sure every kid has something special that that makes this this project, this lucky launch, and, and this time on the calendar, it all knits together in my view. I mean, this this is going to be a really great event and and uh, right at the right time on the calendar. Yeah, but we're excited. We're excited that the, the Henderson Silver Knights reached out, partnered with us, and that we can hold this event on the 19th. Sergeant Ryan McDonald, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We're really excited about this, excited to work with Toys for Tots, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Look forward to seeing you on the 19th. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir, and you have a good day. You as well. That is Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, and I, I've had so many experiences over Oh, goodness. Now I work, uh, this is my seventh season. This is my seventh season working in professional hockey. Uh, and if you want to tack on a few years when I worked in college as well, you know, this is a very common uh, endeavor. The toys, uh, the, the teddy bear toss and the Toys for Tots partnerships around the country. Uh, and for, for fans, it's fun because, you know, I, I've always thought this when, uh, when there's a hat trick. I've never thrown my hat on the ice for a hat trick. Uh, and it's partly because I just like my hats, and I wonder who else has that experience. It's like ah, it's it's you know it's tradition, but uh, this this hat cost me thirty dollars, and I like it. You know the teddy bear toss. I think it also gives an outlet for everyone wants to throw something on the ice in the proper context, in the proper fashion. Your victory flamingo and what a you know whatever else. You know this is an opportunity for fan participation, for everyone to be a part of the game, be a part of the show, and uh, and to you know I'll put this out there too to push ourselves, you know, because once you see what's on the ice and especially the cause that it's uh, that it's driving, there are a lot of towns in this country, hockey towns that take a lot of pride. I shouldn't even say in this country, on this continent, that take a lot of pride in their output for teddy bear tosses. And for the lucky launch, you know, we're not going to set any expectations of what the, uh, you know, what should or should not come in. I don't have a basis for comparison to uh, to use for that. But I, I know that the Calgary hitmen take tremendous pride in the Western Hockey League of putting on a huge show for their teddy bear toss. The Hershey Bears, I believe, have the record. And shame on me, I should have this in front of me, and I don't, but I believe they have the record, and it's somewhere in the ballpark of 45,000. 45,000 bears. So the point is, not only let's, you know, uh, let's have a good showing for the lucky launch, not just for the sake of the children getting the donated uh, toys, which is the most important part, but in addition to that, for a little extra fun, let's see what we can do. Let's uh, let's challenge ourselves to put on a good show, uh, and uh, a lot of kids are going to have something special this Christmas season because of your efforts. So again, the information for the teddy bear toss on the Silver Knights side, the teddy bear toss, which is the lucky launch, this is the uh, Silver Knights version of the teddy bear toss. Just I keep saying teddy bear toss over and over and over again just to drive home the point that is what this is. The first annual Lucky Launch benefiting Toys for Tots will be on December 19th against the Abbotsford Canucks when the Silver Knights score their first goal of the game. When they score their first goal, whether it comes in the first five seconds or in the last two minutes, whenever that comes, 
throw the bears you have brought with you onto the ice. Those bears will be collected. Those bears will be donated to Toys for Tots to benefit children in our local Vegas community. Uh, and again, that on the 19th is going to be a 4 p.m. puck drop. So a nice early start. Uh, and the uh, there's no limit on the stuffed animals that you can bring. So if we have uh, 10,000 people in attendance, that doesn't limit us to 10,000 bears. As many as you can bring in with you, bring them with you. Uh, and they're going to put a smile on a kid's face this Christmas season. It's going to be uh, great for all of us. So for tickets, single-game tickets to the Henderson Silver Knights, visit hendersonsilvernights.com, hendersonsilvernights.com, and that way you'll have your seats ready when the puck drops on the 19th for the lucky launch. And more information, more uh, motivation to come in the weeks ahead, or I should say the week and a half ahead before we get to the 19th against Abbotsford. Well, turning our attention back to uh, the week to come for the Henderson Silver Knights, they will face the Rockford Ice Hogs on Friday and Saturday, and then they'll uh, head back west to take on the Tucson Roadrunners, their first visit of the regular season to Tucson. Uh, they did play a pa uh, one, one preseason game uh, in early October in Tucson. And, of course, the Roadrunners came to the Orleans uh, already this season. But uh, looking ahead at this this contest or the, the, this pair of contests against the Rockford Icehogs, it's another Central Division opponent after last week's Central Division contests against the Iowa Wild. Uh, talking to players and, and talking to assistant coach Jamie Hewer today, it is a little different, they said, playing a team from outside the division. Now, of course, you don't depend on everything for the sake of familiarity because all of these teams have tremendous amounts of turnover with players called up and sent down or from year to year, players that come and go with contracts and veterans moving about. You know, it's, it's not as though you can play any team in this league and be like, oh, it's just like the last three times we played them. Having said that, though, you know, Jamie Hewitt did say, you know, the, the generic part, the, the almost, um, he didn't say boring, but the, the almost easy, commonplace portion of the equation when you're talking about prep for a hockey game for a team, especially when the Silver Knights haven't played a game in, in two weeks now, uh, going back to November 28th, you know, you, you see their systems, you see what they like to do, how they like to break the puck out, what they like to set up on the power play. You can prepare for that. You know that stuff. But it isn't systems alone that wins hockey games, right? It's individuals acting within those systems uh, and doing special things. Connor McDavid isn't unbelievable because of what Connor McDavid does in a 2-1-2-4 check. Connor McDavid is unbelievable because he is. <laughs> it's the magic that he creates within whatever system they're utilizing. So, you know, he said for Iowa, one of the challenges that they had was, okay, we know what they're going to do, and we know players by reputation, but we don't know what their tendencies are within games, and nor do they know ours. So it's those little wrinkles, those little that extra gear a player can push into or the, the connection from one player to another. You might see demonstrations of it on film. That doesn't mean as, as a defenseman you're going to be prepared for it coming out of the corner. In those quick decision, muscle twitch scenarios where you need to make a decision and make a play, you're not going to necessarily know. Nor are you going to know how to handle the stem of momentum. And I think we saw that from the Iowa Wild who gave up four goals in eight minutes and lost a hockey game at the Orleans because the Silver Knights went into overdrive and their special players started playing special. So, you know, that's going to be certainly a challenge. A Rockford team that is at 500, they are overwhelmingly 500. They are extraordinarily 500. They are 8-8-1-1. One, 
they've uh, their goals differential is a minus 13. So it's it's a, a Rockford IceHogs team that has been 500 and has pretty much been that way. Win one, lose one. Win two, lose two. There was no hot streak or cold streak in there that really slants their uh, their record one way or the other. Um, but a team that does have uh, some good talent. This is the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks affiliate. Uh, and as of right now, includes the likes of number uh, uh, first-round pick Nicholas Bodain on the blue line, uh, Colin Delia, who's been up and down as a, a fringe NHL goaltender for a couple of years, uh, kind of was leaped leapt in the <laughs> leapt over in the depth chart uh, by Kevin Lankinen, uh, but he remains. And then a couple of other recognizable names, uh, one in particular is Alexander Nylander, who is. A uh, first-round pick and uh, a player that they had high expectations for in Buffalo. He came over to the Chicago Blackhawks uh, organization in the Henry Yoki Haru trade uh, as he tries to work his way up to being a full-time NHLer. Uh, so certainly talented players is something to prove on the Rockford side, and it's a Rockford team that traditionally plays best in their own building. Uh, and they've had a little bit of veteran savvy as well, uh, including the likes of Brett Connolly. So it's going to be a challenging couple of games in Illinois. And the Silver Knights uh, well-rested over the last two weeks as they uh, got through their COVID situation earlier this week. They've been back on the ice for practice for a few days now, so they're ready to go. Uh, and Zach Hayes said, you know, for those of uh, those who are not uh, dealing with a COVID issue but just waiting to get back on the ice, uh, it was time well spent to get back to 100%. So Silver Knights are, uh, you know, looking a little more complete as a roster uh, and ready to go on Friday in Rockford, and we'll, uh, we'll remind you all of the broadcast details at the end of the program. But for now, we will step aside, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Dave Fisher, the Senior Director of Communications for USA Hockey, as we talk U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Straight ahead on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No! This is HSK Today. Back on HSK Today and uh, pleased to be able to welcome Dave Fisher, the Senior Director of Communications for USA Hockey, on what is a very, very busy week for Mr. Fisher. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Brian, good to be with you and uh, fun time ahead, that's for sure. It's a great week to be talking about USA Hockey and some very special individuals who are going to be uh, inducted into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow. Uh, And we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame and also as much uh, about the inductees as time will allow, because I know you've got a lot going on right now, Dave. Um, Yeah, it's it's fun that people are arriving here in Denver and getting set for the festivities. Uh, A few more people left to arrive tonight, and we have an event uh, tonight, and, and then, of course, the formal induction tomorrow. It's nice to be able to be back together. Of course, did not have the event uh, a year ago because of the pandemic, but right. uh, good, to, good to honor these couple of classes and uh, legends of the game and, and uh, American hockey. So what is the atmosphere like for the induction ceremony? Because as mentioned, not even just the inductees, but others around them, there's a lot of giants of the game that are, are coalescing in one place for, uh, for these uh, events tomorrow. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... It's just been fun uh, as we as we begin and people are arriving. Stan Fischler, uh, one of the members of the class of 2021, just share this story. He arrived uh, all around noon 
today, I guess, to the to the hotel here in uh, Denver and uh, greeted him. And the the first things out of his mouth were fish. I, I uh, of course that's my nickname, Dave Fisher. He's fish slur, so he's fish as well. But he's like, <laughs> I got to get up to the room. I got to get up to the room. I, I'm I got a story. I'm on deadline. I got to get this. <laughs> and I'll call you when I'm done. I mean, he's still working. Right? Uh, yeah, he's still going at age 89, going strong. It's uh, just just fun and fun to see the connectivity between the honorees and and how their paths have crossed, and families and friends that are here. Paul Holmgren, uh, another member of the class of uh, 2021, uh, said, "Gosh, I'm walking through the lobby, and uh, one of my high school classmates is here. I had no idea for this." <laughs> From uh, you know back in the day in, in uh, St. Paul, so it's it's really a fun time. It's special, one of the most special days on the hockey calendar each year. Fun to get the hockey family together again to celebrate the heroes and legends of our game. And see, that's what's interesting. When you become famous enough or accomplished enough, you don't have to invite your high school friends. They they come on their own volition. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They find you. <laughs> what is the reaction for some of these again the, these largely accomplished giants of of the game? When they learn they're going in, play, you know, people who have won Stanley Cups, won national championships, almost seem like they've accomplished everything. But then they get the phone call they're going to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. What kind of reaction does that usually get? You know, Pat Kelleher, the executive director uh, of USA Hockey, uh, again, as he, he says, is one of the best things he gets to do in his job is call those that uh, get elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and let them know that they're going to be enshrined in it. And it's it's uh, many times tears of joy, uh, and it doesn't. Again, doesn't matter uh, kind of what their path has been, uh, how long they've been involved in the game, whatever it might be. Uh, it just it just hits you. You don't expect that. I, mean, I guess I I, I uh, have never gotten a call like that. But I, I, right. uh, as the honorees <laughs> as the honorees say, you know, it's not something you ever expect, and then you get that kind of call to go on with the, the list of immortals in our sport. And, um, it's fun. Uh, it's really fun because we get to, you know, and I, I, I work with the honorees in the build up to this, and it's just fun to hear the excitement and how proud and excited they are and their families, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a, a joyful times in their in their lives. Again, like you said, no matter all the things that they've all accomplished, and you mentioned many of them, Olympic gold medals, uh, et cetera, too. Uh, there's nothing quite like this, honestly. We're with Dave Fisher of USA Hockey. Dave, to that point, for, for our fans who maybe don't know, what are some of the, the criteria for induction? Because there's so much yeah. To, yeah. To, to consider. Yeah, it's a great question. And the criteria is really is very simple. And it, it is this. It's extraordinary contribution to hockey in the United States. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and the committee is told uh, it's not good. It's not very good. It's not great. It's not excellent. You know, it's extraordinary. Yeah. The very best of the best. And it's up for the committee to sort through that. You know, like some Halls of Fames have categories of players or coaches or, you know, officials, others, uh, supporters of the game, whatever it might be. Uh, we don't have that with the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. If they're someone that's willing to substantiate a nomination, anybody can uh, nominate someone to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. That happens every January for six weeks into the second week of February. Uh, and then the committee takes uh, nominations and they go through it very carefully and and arrive at the selection. And, you know, three it's between three and five each year. And it's not an easy road to get there. Um, these are the best of the best. And that's kind of 
the background before uh, behind how it all comes to life. Well, let's get into a couple of the nominees. Now, again, this is a, a seven-person, not class, uh, induction ceremony. It's because it's last year's class and this year's combined into one ceremony. Um, so the first I'd like to ask about is Jerry York, who's in the 2020 class and, of course, is so well-known for everything he accomplished at Boston College. But some of our fans who are listening probably are old enough to remember that, you know, Jerry York, he, he very well could have had a Hall of Fame resume before he ever got to Boston College just with what he did at Bowling Green. Oh, you bring up that heartbreak right away, don't you? I, <laughs> I, I say that because I was a student at Minnesota Duluth when Jerry was coaching at Bowling Green, and we played Bowling Green in the Bowling Green in the national championship game. I can still remember to this day being at a an establishment downtown Duluth, packed, and Bowling Green scored in that fourth overtime. We all fell on the floor in exasperation. <laughs> but uh, Jerry York, you know the thing that hits me the most is. Uh, this is his 50th 5-0 season as a Division One men's head coach. Unbelievable. 50th. I mean, that that is just beyond the pale. And, you know, one of the greatest human beings, too, on the planet. And I've had the, the good pleasure uh, of knowing Jerry for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, the, and our sport is filled with people. That are just salt of the earth, which is which is a wonderful part about it. But you talk about accomplishment. Uh, he is as accomplished as they get, and you know, of course, he is in the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto as well. And we yep. would have been more thrilled when that news came out a couple of years ago too. But uh, yeah, just a, a wonderful guy. Still, still at it. It's kind of funny. He's he's uh, get, getting here tomorrow. Going to be here uh, to be enshrined, and then late tomorrow night, flying back because. <laughs> Boston College plays Boston University Friday night. He's, He's got working. work to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McCaution is a Silver Knight who played for Jerry York, and I said, do you still talk to Jerry? He says three, four times a year. So he keeps tabs with 50 years' worth of alumni. He keeps tabs with everyone still. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, what a, just a terrific guy. We're with Dave Fisher of USA Hockey, another mountain in the uh, Division One coaching ranks who's going in as the class of 2020 is Dean Blaze. Uh, tremendous success, national championship success at the University of North Dakota, was also at Nebraska-Omaha. But fans also, uh, you know, he's beloved for what he accomplished with the World Junior Program, especially in 2010. He, he's just done it everywhere, you know. And, you know, the Minnesota people – Listening may not know the significance of the Minnesota State High School League hockey tournament uh, in Minnesota. It's huge. Um, it's high school and, and they fill NHL-sized buildings for the state tournament. It's, it's beyond the pale. But uh, he he won a state championship too when he's coaching at Roseau in the United States Hockey League. He brought his team to the to the uh, playoff championship. It's called the Clark Cup. When he was there, you mentioned what he done at uh, North Dakota. He got Nebraska Omaha. Nebraska Omaha to their only Frozen Four, and of course, yeah, a, a moment that you know we won't forget is John Carlson scoring uh, to beat Canada in Canada to win gold in the in the World Junior. So, Blazer has done it everywhere, and again, just another uh, salt of the earth pers- person who uh, is uh, just a, such an accomplished uh, coach, and also someone that just enjoys life and participates in life. Um, and just enjoys uh, what life, what comes with life. Um, obviously, he's focused on he was focused on coaching and, and uh, being successful, and he's very intense. But he's also really a fun spirited, uh, uh, just another great person. 
that 2010 World Junior Championship gold medal. That's probably the first time a lot of people ever heard the uh, the Oh Mama Don't You Cry song. <laughs> and the line it, Bla- <laughs> Blaze said I'd be a star. And from that, people realized oh. he produced a lot of good hockey players. Oh, gosh. That, isn't that great? Oh, good memory there, boys, bringing that up. <laughs> so if he could sing that from the podium this week, that would be. Uh, I think everyone would appreciate oh. that. For- <laughs> I'm I'm going to bring that up to him tonight and and uh, and ask him and he 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 just might I'll I'll tell you just a quick Dean Blaze story back to my days when I was at Michigan Tech uh, and before the start of the third period the Michigan Tech pep band played what they called the Copper Country anthem the area in the Upper Peninsula where Michigan Tech is located is called the Copper Country and the Copper Country anthem is essentially the Blue Skirt Waltz if anybody knows that song I dream of that night with you lady <laughs> anyway everybody. Everybody locks arms and sways back and forth. So anytime North Dakota was in town, Dean brought his staff out on the bench, <laughs> and his staff all locked arms, and they swayed back and forth with the crowd. And again, that's what I mean by participating in life and just enjoying things and the spirit and the atmosphere no matter where he was. And so he may sing that song tonight, tomorrow night. I'll, I'll see what, uh, I'll let you guys know how it goes. I appreciate that, and if, if there's video, all the better. We're with Dave yeah. Fisher of Dave Fisher of USA Hockey. Uh, Tony Granado and Jenny Potter also going into that uh, in on Thursday as a part of the class of 2020. Tony Granado, uh, who accomplished so much internationally, Jenny Potter, of course, did as well with 14 medals in 15 seasons on the international stage. Um, we we can't we don't have time to touch on everybody, but if you have either of those two you'd like to highlight in particular, have at it. Yeah, I mean, you you watch players and intensity and skill, and and obviously they both had it. I, I had the good fortune to watch Jenny Potter along the way in her career, and what a great player still involved in the game, one of the most accomplished players in the world. Um, and she also had two children along the way while she was playing and still <laughs> competed at that high level. Amazing. To That's be unbelievable. Amazing. And again, Tony Granato, again another salt of the earth, highly accomplished player. And uh, and coach and just a great great spirit in the Granado family as a whole. He he's right in with it, and we look forward to celebrating them both here tomorrow night. The 2021 class includes Peter McNabb, one of the greatest American point producers uh, oh. producers in the oh. NHL of all time, and a broadcaster for multiple decades. On top of that, yeah, and our prayers with Peter. Uh, he's battling cancer, um, and. I, I ask everybody listening for prayers. We're hope, hopeful he'll be able to be here. This is home base for him here in Denver. He lived here, and and again, uh, fabulous career. And he's such a, done such a nice job too in his realm of broadcasting and, and uh, the promotion and celebration of the sport along the way. Our thoughts are certainly with Peter McNabb. Uh, and Paul Holmgren uh, goes in tomorrow as well. And there is nothing that Paul Holmgren has not done for the Philadelphia Flyer organization. <laughs> And you talk about, I you know, mentioned ex- the word extraordinary, um, and you just, and it's extraordinary. You don't, you're not a player, assistant coach, head coach, general manager, and president of one NHL team if you're not extraordinary. You, that just doesn't happen by accident. Uh, he's also been a major contributor to uh, all the, the things that have happened within the international realm of hockey in our country with Team USA and uh, someone that is more than deserving and not, you know, obviously a great player in his day as well. 
And last but not least, Stan Fischler. I actually, I interned for Stan Fischler. I'm a New York kid. I did. And actually, Dave, you know what's funny is I met you, which I would not expect you to remember because I was not memorable at the time, but I met you when I was reporting for Stan when I was at the first U.S. Top Prospects game in 2014 in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, so I so I was I I know I I know of of Stan's eccentricities and talent and and how a storyteller he is. It's got to be special and and unique uh to induct a historian like him into a club that celebrates history. No, it, it, so so true and I, you know there's uh Mike Emmerich, Doc Emmerich is the only other person in the uh, media that is in the United States Hockey yeah. Hall of Fame. It's such a worthy ca- uh, person to join him and, and Stan Fischler. And, I, I mean, he's authored or co-authored like about 100 books on hockey. Uh, and he's so still so sharp today at 89, yep. going, going strong, all the work he's done uh, on television, Emmy award-winning work covering the Islanders, Devils, and Rangers over the course of 40-plus years. And I think – People forget too his his uh, wife Shirley, who's passed yeah. away unfortunately here years back. He was a champion for her too back in the days when women and and sports media that was not a thing. I mean, yeah, uh, Stan fought for her to get access to the press box to pro hockey games, and uh, he was a champion of that end. And like you mentioned, he's helped you and others uh, through his internship program over the course of years too. Some of them will be here uh, with us tomorrow night too, which will be great. So Stan just. Wonderful guy and so so well deserving and and again he's at eighty nine still growing strong and so glad to get to have him in person accepting uh, his well deserved honor here tomorrow night. And like you said, for all the work he's done after uh, eight decades of hockey work, if well, you decide eight decades, that just blows your mind, doesn't it? If if you decide to do tomorrow in the in the format of a roast, he'd probably have something to say about everybody. So you've got that to fall back on. He uh, he got out of the car and he he told a quick joke before he got into the thing. I gotta go. I'm on deadline. But uh, <laughs> he, he loves to tell stories and tell jokes, just like you said. So uh, it's I'm anxious to hear uh, his acceptance remarks tomorrow night. Well, it's going to be a tremendous event. We'll all be following along uh, for the details. And and Dave, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a, a ridiculously busy day, but you were able to take 15 minutes to talk to us about uh, this this special occasion tomorrow. And we uh, we really appreciate. It. Thank you very much. Most welcome. Always happy to talk hockey, especially about the legends of the game. And uh, for those of you out there listening, you can uh, watch the proceedings live tomorrow night uh, on the live stream at ushockeyhalloffame.com. And things get going at uh, nine o'clock Eastern. Outstanding. We will all be tuned in. Dave Fisher, Senior Director of Communications for USA Hockey. Thank you so much and enjoy the week. Thanks a lot. That is Dave Fisher. Just uh, uh, I I hope we get to have him on the show again because not only just a great resource of knowledge, but he's been doing his job for a while as well and uh, keyed into all the uh, the big players in USA Hockey and the special individuals uh, who are going to be recognized tomorrow. Again, the 2020 class, Dean Blaze, Tony Granato, Jenny Potter, and Jerry York. The 2021 class, Stan Fischler, Paul Holmgren, and Peter McNabb all being inducted tomorrow. Uh, And uh, I believe this is still on on the books. Uh, Hopefully we can talk to – I hope we don't have to wait too long to talk to Dave, uh, but certainly we'll want to talk to him again next fall because next October at T-Mobile Arena they will have the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game uh, here in Vegas between the University of North Dakota and Arizona State University. So 
we can circle back to that then. But uh, great event, great occasion. And as he mentioned, uh, head on to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame website. You can watch all the proceedings live stream tomorrow starting at 6 o'clock Pacific time p.m. while you're waiting for the Silver Knights and Rockford Icehogs to get after it this weekend at BMO Harris Bank Center. We'll step aside. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on this Wednesday edition of HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you, wrapping things up. This might be the shortest segment we've ever had, this final segment of the show, but I'm glad we did it that way to give ample time to Sergeant Ryan McDonald of the U.S. Marine Corps and Toys for Tots, getting us set for the lucky launch, and of course Dave Fisher, the Senior Director of Communications for USA Hockey, who got us up to speed on the festivities this week in Denver for the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame inductions. Thank you to both of them for joining us. Silver Knights in action this weekend in Rockford as they take on the Rockford Ice Hogs on Friday and Saturday, Central Time. So that makes for a 5 p.m. puck drop, 4.30 pregame on Friday in Rockford. Saturday will be 4 p.m., 3.30 pregame here on 12.30 the game. And on Friday night, it is the free AHL TV game from the American Hockey League, so you can log on to AHLTV.com on Friday and watch the Silver Knights and Rockford Icehogs for free, AHLTV.com. I'm Brian McCormick. Thank you for joining us on HSK Today. We'll see you this weekend for Silver Knights Hockey on the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network.